It's the cutest thing. I just think kids have such a simple understanding. Actually, I want to come down here. A simple understanding of prayer and what it means to pray. And, um, you know, there are sometimes different ideas or different thoughts about it, but it's so simple. And I think adults, we complicate it. We mess it up. We think it's... <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Yeah, as adults, I know for myself, I, I'm going through something, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to pray about it, and then I'm like, oh, okay. I'm going to like sit down and close my eyes, and then I have to fold my arms, and I have to don't say anything, which makes it really hard to talk to God. I love how she said that. But I think we complicate things. I feel like adults, in movies and TV shows, prayer is always seen as a last resort. You know, I try everything. I, I talk to my friends. I go to Facebook. I go to Instagram. But prayer, I'll just do until I'm at the, my last end. Prayer also can be asking about changing situations. Could even be reciting words, reciting phrases, perhaps a Santa Claus list. So these are all ideas that prayer is in our world. If you haven't figured it out, tonight we're talking about prayer. Awesome. So I did a bit of Google searching. Um, and I came across an article by Fox News, and it said, this Fox News is also like a very worldly website. It said, nearly everyone reaches a moment when the only thing he or she can think to do is pray. Tragedy, uncertainty, unrest, fear, insecurity, and trouble can bring even the most self-assured individuals to their knees. People are most motivated to pray when they need something from God. But what does the Bible say is the reason God wants us to pray? Jesus provides really clear instructions when it comes to prayer. The Lord's Prayer. His example models different prayers of praise, submission to the will of God, reliance upon Him for daily sustenance, requests for forgiveness and help forgiving other people, and deliverance. Jesus' prayer focuses more on honouring God than listing needs to be met. Ultimately, Jesus demonstrates through his own life that prayer provides an avenue to the Father. I love that. That is like an American worldly website that published that for everyone to read. And it seriously, it shows what people think and then the truth. And the Bible is saturated in examples of verses and stories and parables of prayer. There's over 1,000 references in the Bible. I'll give you like $10 if you find them all. Beth's onto it. But one of the most greatest examples and models was Jesus himself. His life demonstrated the power and the importance of prayer. And he taught his disciples why and how to pray too in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 8. And when you pray, do not be like hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So you might be thinking, if God knows what I need before I even utter a word, why should I even pray? Isn't that a waste of time in a sense? 
While prayers are a crucial part of our walk with God, it is foundational to building a relationship with God because it creates a direct, personal connection from us to our Heavenly Father. Before I go on, I'm going to pray, though. I think that's important. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can come together to learn more about your word, to learn more about prayer, not just to grow our understanding, but to develop a deeper, realer relationship with you. I pray that you speak through me tonight, but I thank you that as Holy Spirit speaks through me, he speaks to each and every person individually too. In your heavenly name, amen. So it's good to start with the thing I'm talking about. So, prayer. Let's delve more into what Jesus was talking about though in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. So it says, And when you pray, do not be like hypocrites. They're people that say one thing and do the complete opposite. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received the reward in full. So my first point tonight is, how's your heart? Now Jesus says that prayer isn't a space or a time or a way to get people to notice you. In fact, prayer should be done with a right heart towards God. In Matthew chapter 8, there's a parable about two men. There's a tax collector and then there's a Pharisee. Now, this Pharisee, let's call him Pumped Up Pat. He was pretty proud of himself. And if there's a Pat in here, I deeply apologize. But Pumped Up Pat, he was pretty, he had some tickets on himself. He's like, you know what? I'm not like that tax collector over there. I am a righteous man. I read the word, I do what you say, I go and I make disciples and all do all these things. Also, God, if you haven't remembered, I paid my tithes this week and I also prayed to you about five times, which is pretty good. And also, I'm not a liar. I don't cheat. I don't sin. So, God, yeah, God, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So, that was pumped up part, right? Now, Jesus also talked about the tax collector. Now, a tax collector during these times was a man who would collect taxes, so their money. And he was despised, he was looked down upon, he was um, sent out of the society. No one really wanted to be around him. But this tax collector, we'll call him Humble Harry, when he was in the synagogue, he walked in, walked to the corner, didn't put his arms out. In fact, he didn't even look up at heaven. He beat his chest going, God, I'm such a sinner. But God, I so, so need you. So these two guys, Pumped Up Pat and Humble Harry, which one do you think their prayers pleased God? I might give it away with the names, yes. Humble Harry, his prayer pleased God because he wasn't looking at himself. His heart wasn't about getting attention about how good he was, how wonderful he was. Humble Harry was so aware of his need, his desperate love in God. He knew that and all of his actions pointed towards that as well. So it doesn't matter about your words, doesn't matter how old you are, how eloquent you speak, if you stumble, if you use tiny words, it's all about your heart. Now, Jesus modeled the heart behind prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. At this point, he knew he would be betrayed by a friend. He knew he would be arrested. He knew what was about to happen because he knew God's plan. He knew that he 
had to be crucified so that we could be right with God. Knowing all of this though, knowing the anguish he was about to experience, it says in Luke twenty-two forty-one, 41, Jesus withdrew himself about a stone's throw beyond them, being his disciples. He knelt down and prayed. I wonder if phones were around, if that was someone else, do you reckon they were just flick up like an Insta story. Oh no, what's gonna happen to me, what? But Jesus, he withdrew himself, took himself out of the busyness, out of the chaos. I'm sure his disciples were saying things as well. But he knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. During this time of anguish, Jesus knew what he was going to experience. He glorified God above his circumstances. He worshipped and honoured God during the best times of his life and the hardest times of his life as well. Every single thing he did, the words he said, the actions he had, the thoughts he had, pointed to God, never to himself. What a way to live. And as Christians, we're actually called to live like Christ. So when you pray, where is your heart? Is it focused on worshipping God, glorifying him for what he has done and what he will do? Is it focused on having faith and declaring God's will over your life? Or is it about you? So where is your heart? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus continues to teach, teach his disciples. It says, but when you pray... Not if you pray, might I add, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So my second point tonight is, how is your relationship? Prayer is all about your connection with God, your relationship with God. Now I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, when Brent and I at church, you know, we sit together and I'll talk to him. I might even like giggle at his funny jokes. Pretty sure mine are funny though. I will also like, I'll talk to my friends about him. I say, oh, I came home last night and he fixed our cupboard. He then did all the dishes. He then did the laundry. He then also made dinner for me so that I could prepare this and do reports and all of that. What a man. He's pretty good. But if I only spoke to Brent, when I was in public and at church. I talk about him in Huddle as well. Sorry, Huddle guys. But if I only spoke to Brent during these times, and then when we were home in our private space, I didn't talk to him. I didn't spend time with him. I didn't do anything with him. Would we actually have a relationship? Would he think I cared about him? Would he think I loved him? To be honest, would I love him? It's so important that we're spending time with God because it's exactly the same. So we can talk about God, but do we talk with him? Do we spend intentional time with him? I totally get we're busy. We have guys in HSC, others are doing tests, people working, people just in school and all of this. I so get we're busy and we have chores to do. We have work, but do you take time out of your day, not just finding time, squishing it in, do you take time out of your day to spend intentional time with your heavenly father? 
So Jesus demonstrated this so often. He regularly withdrew himself from his disciples, from the crowds, from his home, from his family to spend time with the Father in prayer. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, Jesus must have been an early bird. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. There are so many examples where Jesus was walking by the lake or the Sea of Galilee. Other times where he withdrew himself from the crowd to go on a boat by himself. Other times where he was walking with his disciples, just spending time with the Father in prayer. Jesus knew the importance of developing and strengthening his relationship with the Heavenly Father. So relationship. Relationship is a mutual connection of care and friendship between two people. It's a space to share. It's a space to talk and also to listen. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, it says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So God cares about us. He's actually beckoning us, calling us to him to rest. He's calling us when we're afraid, when we're nervous about something, when we're angry about something, when we're confused, I have no idea what's going on. But he's calling us saying, hey, come to me, talk to me, spend time with me. I'm here to give you rest. In the first couple of months when Brent and I were married, we worked out a lot about each other. And I learned something really interesting. So we're heating up our meals, we're having spaghetti bolognese or something, and um, Brent worked in the microwave for me, got it out for me, and he was like, no, I said to him, do you think it's ready yet? And he goes, oh, we'll find out. He then shoves his finger into my food. And I was like, what are you doing? How, why would you put my, your finger in my food? I'm about to eat that, that is disgusting. I was furious. So furious, I took my food, walked out the door, slammed the door, and just sat by myself for a while. So, I've learned a lot about myself. Marriage refines you. But instead of just fuming, instead of being angry, I was so confused what was going on. I withdrew myself, took myself out of the situation, and then sat, and I was like, God, what the heck is going on? Why am I yelling at my husband for being kind to me? And I just sat for a while, I ate my food, I chatted to God, I said, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm observing, what is it? And I just had to listen, because God reminded me of when I was growing up, and my delightful sisters and I would like to prank each other. And we would do that by licking each other's food, putting our hands or fingers on their food as well. So I had this memory of my sisters tormenting me and going, huh, I stuck my hand all over that. You eat that now. Or saying, oh, I licked this, want the other half. And of course, you don't want that. You want your food to be untouched, to be, you know, not just okay. So when I had this moment, I then realized I was so angry about this tiny little situation. I had to then remind myself, okay, take a breath. He didn't mean that. My sisters probably did, but he didn't mean that. But God cares about our little situations. He cares about our big situations. He cares when we're feeling angry and when we don't know why we're feeling angry because, guys, that happens a lot. When we're crying for lots of reasons or no reasons, God cares. So Jesus, he prayed an unrestrained, unbelievable prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
knowing the plan that God had, he still said, because of the anguish he was about to experience, the fear, the anxiety he was going to go through. And in that moment, it says in the Bible, his sweat was like blood, drops of blood. Imagine that. But he was so anxious about it. And he was going, God, if anything, if you can do anything, you know, use a dove or something. But if it's your will, it is your will, and let it be done. I imagine during this time, Jesus saying, you know what, God, without you, I can't do anything. And so right now, I give you the cross. I give you the pain. I give you the heartache. I give you my death. Because I know no matter what happens, you have it. So Jesus teaches us to pray unrestrained, unbelievable, and uncensored prayers because God can handle it. He also teaches us the prayer of listening. A relationship goes both ways. You share and you listen. My dad mentioned to me this week that we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. So clearly we should listen a lot more than what we speak. But let's be real. How often do we sit down, have some intentional time with God and just give him a rattled off of our day and the things that we need and go, all right, sweet, I'm good to go. That's not a relationship. That's a one-way street. God's asking us to come to him, to share, but to listen. God does this crazy thing whenever I share. He takes me on a car rest exactly about what I'm sharing about. So this message is for me as much as for anyone else. Recently, I've been praying about um, a big decision I'm wanting and feeling like God's calling me to make. And I keep going to God, going, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? When is it going to happen? I just, I need you to answer me. And I just, I don't know what to do. Answer me. But seriously, it's like my ears are covered by my hands. Because as soon as I finish that prayer, I get scared and I get worried. And I think about something else. But God says, come and share. But listen. Last week on Friday, I was praying the same thing but I stopped and I noticed my pattern of behavior. I noticed praying and then being distracted about what was to come. And then I stopped and said, God, whatever it is, I know you've got me. I know you're with me. Lay it on me. And he did. And I cried the whole way home. But it was a good cry. But God, God is like that. He's so patient. He's such a gentleman. He waits until you say, all right, God, let's go. I'm listening. So how are you growing and nurturing your relationship with God? Are you just talking or are you listening to? Alrighty. In Matthew 6, verse 7 to 8, it says, And when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. So point number three is kiss. Mm, when you pray, you kiss. So as a teacher, I can very easily go off on wild tangents and confuse my six-year-olds about a very simple concept. So kiss is keep it simple, silly. Or stupid, whatever you like better. I kind of like stupid because it reminds me I can sometimes be very silly. But keep it simple. The original word that Jesus used in this passage was batologio, which means don't say the same words over and over again. 
Big words don't impress God. He knows what we need. Neither does saying the same thing on repeat, thinking that that would get his attention. Remember, God knows what we need. He's calling us, beckoning us to come to him and to share. All he really wants is for us to talk to him like our best friend. Now, Jesus taught the disciples a really simple prayer called the Lord's Prayer. It's a simple way to honour and to praise God. It's a simple way to seek God's will in our everyday life and to see it, experience it in every opportunity. It's a simple way to thank God for what he has done, to glorify him, to be grateful. It's a simple way to ask God for things that we need, not want, but need. God knows what we need. It's a simple way to ask for forgiveness and help in forgiving others. Also, it's a simple way to seek guidance and wisdom. So we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer now. And if you know it, hopefully it's a version that you guys know. I encourage you to say it with me. Just don't sing it. Um, but I encourage you as well. The Lord's Prayer is such a powerful prayer. Learn it. As Lige was talking about last, last week, there's different ways of reading the Word. I really think memorizing is so, so important. Because when you come to these moments, you're not sure what to do. God reminds you through Scripture. Holy Spirit can speak through Scripture. So memorizing is crucial. Alrighty. So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Well, now if you heard that and you were like, that's a lot of words to remember and I don't actually understand parts of it. This is how it could sound in your daily life. So our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, could sound like, God, you are just so awesome. Thank you that I get to talk to you anytime of any day, anywhere. The next part, God, I would love my friend, pumped up Pat, to move the tickets from himself and to know you, to be a part of your family. Please use me to show Pat how much you love him. How simple is that? The third part, please help me with the tests I'm about to do. I pray that you help me study and answer the questions to the best of my ability. I pray for peace over my mind and strength to get through the next few days. The next part. God, I realized I was really rude to mum this morning. And I realize I was wrong. Please forgive me. Help me to be kind to her. Also, yesterday, my friend pumped up Pat, really hurt my feelings when he laughed at me. Help me to forgive him, even if I don't feel like it. And the last bit. God, give me grace as I go about my day. Help me know right from wrong and make the best decisions. Now, when you're praying the Lord's Prayer, yes, you can go through the words that are in the Bible. Go for it. That's what it's there for. But also, you can pray it in your own words, in simple words, giving God praise, honoring Him, sharing with Him, 
listening to him as well. So you don't have to go through each point, but talk to God like you would your best friend. Be real with him. Be honest. He already knows what's going on, but he's seeking you to come to him. Also, if you notice a hard part, it's happened to me before. I started with our Father in heaven, and I stopped because I got emotional and I cried. I cry a lot. (laughs) But God pressed something on my heart. He pressed the fact that I didn't feel like he was my father. I didn't feel like I could trust him. I felt like I was alone. But this prayer, this is God's word. It's truth that we can stand on. Declare it over your life. Our Father in heaven, you are my father. I am your child. Declare that in your life. When something hard comes up, if you get emotional, if you get angry about something that's super random, if you feel sad or frustrated, stop, sit on it, ask God. But the most important part is, Listen, be okay with what he says because he knows what is best for you. So there's no magic formula when you're praying to your Heavenly Father. There's also no particular way you have to do it. I know in my class when we have time to pray as a class, I've got students who will kneel down and put their hands together and close their eyes and bow their heads. I've got others who are starfish on the ground. I have other ones who put their head down and stick their bum up in the air. (laughs) But honestly, it's whatever you feel comfortable with, a way that you can focus, because prayer is intentional. How are you gonna focus on God? Because God is unseen, but he sees the things that is unseen as well. He knows what's in your heart. So pray whatever way you're comfortable. I know for me, I set an alarm on my phone, so on my way to work, a particular song comes on and reminds me to pray for my family, reminds me to pray for my friends, for church, for our leaders, to thank God as well. So sometimes we have to actually set time to do it, set alarms, have reminders, but be intentional about your time. Just keep it simple, silly. So there are a few other ways we can pray, ways that I personally pray as well. If the band wanted to come up, that would be awesome too. So there are breath prayers. It just takes one breath. As the girl said in the video, she likes short prayers because then she gets to eat really quickly. I think that's an important thing. But it just takes one breath. It doesn't have to be this long, eloquent, 500-word sermon at all just takes a breath. You can say it throughout the day. I know there's times before I open my door to my students, I go, God help me, please. (laughs) And then I open and I'm cheery and woo, let's have a great day. And then other times I can walk into a really heated discussion and go, God, I need your guidance with this. I pray for wisdom. There's other times when I might be going to sleep and I've had a massive day and I'm like, God, thank you. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for your son who loves me even though I'm so flawed, even though I'm so imperfect. Thank you. Others could be, God, I pray that you help me with my sister who keeps poking me. God, I'm so exhausted. I pray that I find rest in you today. Even saying grace before dinner. Yes, it's something that a lot of people do, whether they believe it or not. 
But what an awesome reminder, a way to be intentional by reminding ourselves the goodness and the grace of our God. So before you have dinner, it could be in your head, you can say it with your family or your friends, but take that moment, remind yourselves how good our God is. He has given us the food we're about to eat. He's nourishing our bodies. With my class, before we go out to recess or lunch, we say a prayer together. Try to make it really fun as well. We say, thank you, Jesus, for our food, for our drink, for everything. Amen. How simple is that? But it reminds us of what God has done. So breath prayers are one way you can pray to God amongst so many others. There's another prayer I say quite regularly. It's one that Jesse spoke about in a sermon ages ago, but it stuck with me because I wrote it on my wall. I looked at it every single day. Whenever I was feeling anxious or worried or concerned, even when I was feeling joyous about something, I had to remind myself that God is in control. And the prayer is this, God, without you, I can do nothing. Today, I give you, I give you my relationship. I give you the exam I'm about to take. I give you the worry I have when I see my parents fight. I give you the heartache and the grief I'm experiencing. I give you my day because I know that no matter what, if it goes well, if it doesn't, you have it. And I know no matter what, you are good. I encourage you to write these down as well. Put them up in your room, put them in your bathroom. Have them somewhere where you can be reminded of not only to pray, but reminded of God. Another prayer that a really wise friend told me recently is essentially a really quick version of the Lord's Prayer, but it is, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. I thank you that I get to talk to you. I thank you that you are good. I thank you that you love me and you meet me where I am, but you don't leave me there. So I thank you. I pray that I pray that you continue to remind me of your goodness. I pray that you help me be patient with my family. I pray that you help me with this exam. In your heavenly name, amen. Now, there's no magic formula about praying to God, but pray with your own words. Pray about what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you are doing at the time. Just be real with God. Talk to Him like your best friend. It's not about the word you say. It's not about how you pray, whether you kneel down, starfish, head down on the ground, whatever it is, whether you close your eyes or don't close your eyes, but be intentional. Find a time, find a space to focus on God and spend time with Him. It is all about your heart. Prayer is all about your heart. So are you focused on receiving glory and praise when you pray? Or are you focused on worshipping, glorifying, and honouring God. Everything we, should, everything we do as Christians should be to point people to Jesus. Are you growing and nurturing your relationship with God? Or is it all for show? And are you keeping it simple? So just as Jesus taught and modelled when you pray, use your own words, be intentional about your time and pray unrestrained unbelievable, uncensored prayers. Because God is good. He knows what we need. And if it's according to His will, let it be done.
before we end tonight though, I wanna keep it simple. I want us to pray together. You can say it aloud, you can say it in your head, but make sure it's coming from your heart. So you can kneel down, starfish, whatever you want. Close your eyes if you like to, but be focused on your words. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. I pray that in your heavenly, almighty, and powerful name, amen. Awesome. Well, I'm gonna check up some questions on the Forever Free page. But I really encourage you to think about it, to really check in with God. You know, where is my heart? How is my relationship with you? And am I kissing when I pray? <laughs>